0: Yeah. I love my HBCU. Mm. And Bob I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. Yeah. And man, mm. I hope my team they won one. Mm. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one.
1: Yeah.
0: I hope my team they won one. Yeah. 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 I tune into the ACC Sports Lab to see my team want to log. If they loud, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they want, keep tell, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking yeah. talkin yeah. talkin yeah. about. My control, Talk. they know what they be talking yeah. talkin yeah. about. They compress press the analytic data with your hip hop. Yeah. If you know them like I know them, yeah. they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to log. Yeah. So
2: listen to so professor, professor, yes sir, yes and sir. pay attention, Boy, is he gonna teach a, a lesson. lesson. This, good morning, this is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab, with Mike Washington Charles Bishop, as well as A.D. Drew. Charles Bishop is still hanging in on assignment, I think he may be celebrating a little bit, I saw him with a cigar, I'm sure he had a, a, a bottle of champagne as they were popping in for winning the trophy of the... Orange Blossom, classic, you know, he was excited. I saw him beachside, so we'll see if we can wake him up from his slum, slunder and get him on in here. But it's good to see everybody. Obviously got the lab lecture listeners in. Price, shot Harris, Ralph, Willie Mack, Reginald Johnson, Eric Lockett, Stan Hardy, Bill Russell, James Bryant, All in the lab as we get started. So with that, welcome to episode 175 of Inside the HBCU Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports. From institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture and HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta-Kaville, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live, as we always do. In a in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas, and that's sending a signal live across the country, really, let's say across the world, as we do it. I've had emails from people everywhere in the house. See Charles Bishop sneaking into in here as he gets ready, ready to go. Let's welcome him in here, he's got his mute on, but he'll be ready ready uh, in terms of what's going on there. Charles, uh, it sounds like you had a late night. Uh, I saw you with your, your cigar, your victory cigar. We got that appropriate. Um, and yes. then, you know, on our Sunday, we debuted our special segment. Where we brought in a little bit of champagne for those that win the classic trophies. You know, classic trophies are important around these parts in the UCC sports culture. So mm-hmm. we thought we'd make sure you celebrate Unfortunately, you know, uh, Mike had me open one early yesterday uh,
3: morning. (laughs) This is what's left. (laughs) This is (laughs) is what's (laughs)
2: left. (laughs) As he texted me about the show, but I made sure I left because it's my understanding it's appropriate to make sure that Charles, uh, in terms of Bishop, has a chance to get a little bit of his champagne going. Yes, same. Um, we do, do have A.D. Drew on here. And, he and I ain't drinking a- nothing, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> he has two teams two. that he can find a way to get a, a, a sip of the champagne, and it didn't I, work out either way. So all, all The only thing I, I can drink is
4: a bottle mm-hmm. of water today because, you know, to, to take with the aspirin that I need to take because not <laughs> one, but both my teams took an L on yesterday. Yeah, they could at least split it up to let me recover, <laughs> but no, both of them had to play on Sunday. Wow.
2: So today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THC Agency LLC. THC Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Let's lay out the framework of the show today. The first half. These gentlemen were not with me um, as they were on assignments, making sure they could get in those Sunday games in a lot of ways, making around circles and taking care of business as they travel the gamut. So we'll do a little review so you can get their perspective on some of those key matchups that we talked about on Sunday. And um, then the second half of the show, will go into those Sunday games that we have not talked about thus far. So just wanted to break that down and get that into with you. So, Let's get it started. One of the games I really wanted to get into early, uh, let's just jump in here. Uh, we have the Texas Southern Prairie View matchup, you know, the Labor Day Classic, Texas style, if you would. You had the number 10 Panthers go on the road and dominate, at least in my opinion, their rival, Texas Southern, in that Le- Labor Day Classic, 40-17. to 17. Um, What are your thoughts on that matchup, Mike? What did you see going on? Well, well, uh, I
1: was uh, traveling, so I have this new cable program that allows me now to save stuff, and I watch it on on both, both, te- on both iPads now. So I was watching it, and uh, there was a lot of banter going back and forth, but I, I thought Juwan pa- Pass had a very great game. He had 354 yards total, off- uh, total uh, offense. Uh, the running back by committee that Purview has, um, it, there was a little concerning that they don't have one featured running back, uh, but nevertheless, they had enough offense to, to really do the job. So uh, hats off. But what really surprised me was, you know, those transfers on uh, the Prairie View side of the defense, they really did a good job of keeping TSU at bay. So very good output. I think uh, Juwan, Heck, Juwan pass even added 30 yards on the ground along with Lindeman Brooks uh, and uh, Jaden Stewart. So they were running back by committee. You wonder if Prairie View is going to have a featured back, but, other than that, a very good showing. Little wobbly passes from, if you talk to some of the Purdue alumni, but nevertheless, he got the job done. His first outings, he and Coach Dooley, they'll work on some of those
2: kinks. Yeah, I think you make some excellent points in terms of really being interesting in terms of what the pass would do. I mean, he was the question mark uh, at the QV position. We know how those things work. Um, and so when you saw him start, Early with the fumble, I thought that was fascinating, Uh, especially it was inside the five. The other question mark was the defense. You really didn't speak of the defense, but I want to see what Charles says, maybe not only in terms of his analysis on Dewan Pass, I'm sure he may have something to say there, but also what he thought about the defensive side of what Prairie got on
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you take a look at uh, the defensive side of Prairie View, those were where the question marks were because of uh, the transfers who had left. Uh, But they afforded themselves well in this uh, Labor Day Classic game. And you can't uh, say his name enough to Pass, in terms of what he was done uh, for Prairie View in this game, this huge uh, Labor Day Classic game. And in some ways, um, you know, it it sets the stage uh, for, you know, expectations for Prairie View moving forward. That offense really looked like it was humming with him at the helm. And uh, you know, one thing we always say about Eric Dill is he knows how to put points up on the board. So uh, <laughs>
2: exactly
0: and he has a trigger man, he has a trigger man that's really getting it done for for the Panthers. So uh, you know, we've talked about the swag west teams, you know, all southern. Uh but you know, now <laughs> the dog client Ramlin gets this out of conference victory. Huge for the swing against his out of against Tennessee State. And it got Caribbean. That's offense was really coming against Texas Southern. And you know, I look for a little bit more from Texas Southern because uh, I thought they had some pieces on the defensive side of the ball uh, that could get after the of Uh so you know that, that was a huge win for
2: me. yep. Great points made up my all. Let me <clears throat> let me go back to ad drew and see if there's any secondary points. I know he made couple of them yesterday, but I do want to find out uh, since he had another night to sleep on it, And kind of, we continue to go over the data and the numbers and stuff like that. Uh, anything else stood out on you that you didn't get to talk about yesterday? Uh, going back to that, that Labor Day
4: classic that, that you guys were talking about. Unfortunately, does not look like Texas Southern is going to be the UAPB of uh, the spring. What I mean by that, UAPB came out of nowhere and was able to dominate the West. It, it took everybody by surprise. Texas Southern did not look like it, it was ready to take that and become the new UAPB. Uh,
2: let me go back to you, Mike. This time, let's look at that matchup between the SIAC and the SWAC. State matchup, private public matchup. Miles at the Division II level. Uh, Alabama State at the FCS 1, Division 1 level. What were your thoughts in that matchup? Ultimately, you had the number three Miles Golden Bears in the mid-major poll lose a overtime game due to an extra point that was missed, blocked, uh, to Alabama State, who is now, who got the victory, uh, n- needed victory. Uh, they were dominating most of the game defensively in a lot of ways. Miles showed up, too. Couldn't get quite things going on the offensive side What did you see in that matchup? Mike? Yes. Let me go to you, you, Charles. What do you thought of that matchup? Yeah,
0: uh, uh, what
2: was the matchup again? That was the Alabama State-Miles matchup.
0: Oh, yeah. Tremendous matchup when you talk about the SIAC versus the swag. And, and one of the things that I looked at with this game with uh, Miles and Alabama State, I we knew uh, Miles was going to be offensively challenged, but uh, they have an SIAC preseason defensive player of the year uh, in Smiley. And uh, I was a little bit surprised that Alabama State wasn't able to do more things offensively because I was looking for more things from uh, Ezra Gray and Ryan Nettles, matter if they've had, you know, a spring together. Uh, but, you know, defensively, Alabama State is who they are uh, as advertised. Corey Clark in the middle, uh, tough linebackers, uh, tremendous secondary, and they held down Miles. But I tell you what, to get that win over a SIC opponent, you need all those out-of-conference uh, check marks, Dr. Bill. We always say that all the time. So uh, kudos to Alabama State for getting the win over a tough and pedigree program in Miles College.
2: AD Drew is shaking his head, so it sounds like he might have something to say. He wasn't too happy. What, what, what are your thoughts? Alabama State is who we thought they were.
4: And most people think they are not good. They are not, they are not good. At, uh, <laughs> at, least, at, at least at this one data point, as Michael uh, likes to say, Give data points. At this one data point, they are not good. Opened up just like the the BXWAC challenge. Alabama State drove straight down the field, scored that first touchdown. Matter of fact, when they scored that touchdown, I was in the elevator and on my way up to the press box. So, I hate – I missed that because there was no more action for three and a half quarters. Hmm. Alabama State could not get it together. From the turnovers to the uh, to the no one either team was able to put together a drive with more than two first downs in order to put themselves in the position to win.
0: Well, uh, you know, I, I think yeah. in some ways, you know, game one uh, of, a, of a a lot of games that I watched this past week, um, some teams just didn't have that offensive rhythm
4: that you that you love to watch yeah. and have. Outside of Alabama a and South Carolina State, no team seems like they had the offensive rhythm.
0: And, and some of that is, you know, game one. Some of that is you're going against a stout, fundamentally sound defense so I, I that's why i take my hat off the miles because we knew Reginald ruff was going to have this team prepared uh to play a swag team as most of these SIS teams are they, they come in with that chip on the shoulder much like we see meac teams now with that chip on the shoulder playing these swag teams but i you know i was expecting a close game but you know not that close i will still expecting alabama state to get that Get the W, but a little bit of that is just honestly my swag errors, you know, and I have to be able to try to check that, you know, at times because you take a look at uh, who the swag has, you take a look at the personnel on paper, and just because you're not as familiar with, you know, the personnel on the SIAC side, sometimes you tend to discount, you know, what what they're playing with, but it's probably involved being played that conference, and we see that with miles; they are a pedigree program. Four conference championships in the past five years, so uh, I, the outcome shouldn't be that that totally unexpected. But I, great risks. point.
2: Let's let's take oh. a pin in that. And let's uh, take a break as we get into the end of this first quarter, and we'll get into that second quarter, and then we're gonna pivot and talk about some of the Sunday games because I know Charles got to make some moves, uh, and then we'll get Mike back in here. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Stick with us. We'll go into our first quarter break and we'll be right back for the second quarter. It's just getting hot and heavy. We're going to go into some of the Sunday matchups and then we'll come back and revisit in the second half of the show some of the other matchups with that. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this quick break. So
0: let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit
3: GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family.
1: It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game
3: begins. It's it's the Pregame. With
2: your hosts, Charles Bishop Bishop. and Neely. Neely.
4: So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the Pregame.
1: and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.EmpowermentResourcesInc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowerment.jax.
3: Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com. Slash support we'll and be a part of the Black College Sports. Tell everybody they can follow they
2: Back. This is Doctor Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike washington Charles Bishop. We have A, B on the giving us some sideline reporting and doing the production on the backside, as they say it. You know, they got that new word to use, the field analyst, so we're going to juice it up a little bit. Our (laughs) analyst over there, giving giving us all that side note. We're going to get into some of the Sunday games uh, because I know a lot of folks have interest in that. Before that, there's one game that I did want to make sure I got both of your opinions on. That was a big game. It was a top-10 matchup uh, with South Carolina State coming in At number six, traveling to the number one team, at least in preseason polls. And we'll see what that looks like on Tuesday, because the new poll is coming out. Also, get ready for the uh, HBCU Pro Sports Media, as it poll will be released this week as well, after week zero, after they did the preseason poll last week. So that'll be the first one coming back out after week one, all the action. It'll be fascinating to see what the media, HBCU Media, Thinks in terms of the poll. And then, you know, I love Dr. Ville's data points. and Mike <laughs> really loves to talk about my poll. Charles, uh, AD, Drew actually gets into action sometimes. Uh, <laughs> as that analyst as he does, you know, the show analyst, I'm going to tell him, uh, call him. Because, you know, he is the hardest working man in the HBCU sports streaming business. With that being said, let me stick with you, Charles, uh, since we ended off on that data point. South Carolina State, Alabama a man, fascinating matchup, literally went down to the end. I know there were some other folks that want to look at other teams that go to Celebration Bowl, but by definition, this could have been a preview to the Celebration Bowl with Alabama a Some Many people have them coming out of the squat. Also, South Carolina State, preseason number one, many people have them coming out of NEAC. This is one of those games, although it was not on the uh, – Various networks, it was streamed from Alabama AM. It lived up to it. What were your thoughts in terms of Alabama AM and the South Carolina State? The Bulldogs had a fight for real.
0: Oh, man. I, this was one of the more fascinating games to watch. And I was curious because it could very well be a Celebration Bowl uh, preview. Uh, when we take a look at South Carolina State being picked to finish first in the MEAC, and Alabama AM defending Black College uh, National Champ from the spring. But I, I tell you what, Corey Fields, uh, Shaq Davis were uh, South Carolina State—that's huh, a, that's a, that's a tough duo to deal with. But Aquil Glass, I mean, he—you can't say enough about him. I don't have the stats here in front of me, but I, uh, I think he passed over 400 yards in this game. Uh, yeah, and 426, that's, four, touchdowns, four, touchdowns, four
2: touchdowns.
0: Yeah, and that, that's carving up a, a traditionally rich uh, South Carolina State field. <laughs> That's true. You know that 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 stood out, and you know. Um, I was moving around and doing a lot of stuff. Uh, of course, in State yesterday, but I was able to catch uh, a little bit of, of the game. And after the first two series uh, with Alabama, uh, Alabama and South Carolina State, I thought South Carolina State's defense. I said, "Hmm, this is going to be interesting. They're getting after. Them. They're getting after them pretty good." And then I looked up and I saw three touchdowns, and I was like, "Oh, a quill slipped in a quill mode. So you know, they 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 found that groove, they found their footing, and you know. Take a look at uh, Quill and his receivers. They had at least a minimum of three years of experience uh, with each other, and that, that chemistry is just beautiful to sit back and watch uh, them throw the ball around all over the place. But you know that's 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 the data point. That's a heck of a win over a tough South Carolina State uh, team, a team that you expect to be right there in the mix uh, toward the end of the year.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. We'll get a chance to talk about the Orange Blossom Classic that featured Jackson State and Alabama A&M. And it was the total opposite side of that type of game because it was a defensive matchup. I only bring that up because we'll go in more detail as I go um, to each of you all. But sticking with you, Charles, what are your early thoughts after one data point? We know, it's just one data point. I love Mike bringing that up there. One data point, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, Jackson State... In that South Carolina State, I mean, in that Alabama AM matchup for homecoming is gonna be fascinating. So, especially after one data point, defensive side of Jackson State, obviously, in the offensive side of Alabama AM, it's gonna be interesting to see what that looks like. Just kind of wanted to put that chug out there. Uh, any early thoughts on that, Charles?
0: Yeah, I mean, that game had a very interesting ebb and flow to it. Uh, and I, I was talking a little bit earlier about the, the nuances of watching football game and trying to watch offenses get into some sort of tempo. And you just take your head off the both defenses yesterday because they were flying around all over the place and they were sticking yesterday. Uh, I think Shiloh Sanders had uh, some ooh-ah moments yesterday. Uh, You also had uh, Marquise Bell. Uh, um, He had some uh, ooh-ah moments yesterday. Just watching the safeties fly around from hash to hash and coming up and filling in on the run Uh, That was phenomenal to watch. If you're a football head, if you're a a person who likes to watch good defense, uh, the way both teams' defensive line uh, really got after it yesterday, uh, the linebackers filling holes, that was a true defensive ball game. And it was very tough. I'm talking to uh, offense coordinators from from Jackson State, very tough to get into uh, some sort of rhythm yesterday. And when I think both teams found some rhythm, uh, you take your hat off again to the defense. You uh, a turnover from, from Shadrush Sanders. Uh, I think that that really stymied Jackson State uh, in terms of what they were able to do yesterday because when they got some things moving, the turnover happened. Uh, when Florida and m got some things moving, you might have had a penalty, all star or whatever. So, you know, they were playing behind the chains. And just take your hat off to the defense yesterday. Uh, they made each offense earn everything they got and it was just a true struggle uh, to get some sort of flow to that game.
2: I love some of the points you're making there. I want to go to Mike. First, Alabama a and South Carolina State, the top ten matchup. Uh, and then we can go to the second top ten matchup with Jack Stavis. uh, Let me know your thoughts on Alabama a and South Carolina State.
1: Oh, well, man, um, we expected, uh, I think CB alluded to, South Carolina State to be a defensive team. I did not expect this much, uh, uh, I guess, offensive output uh, from South Carolina State, and Corey Fields. Tip your hat to the guy. They he had a he had a good game. Um, it's just that, and you look at this game. It's over 1,000 yards of total offense, um, and you know 426 yards total passing for Alabama a and um, despite leading in the turnover game. Uh, they, uh, they, they found their stride in the teal glass. Again, once again, is as advertised 20, 28 to 49. I think CB alluded to that 426 yards four TDs, but the, the, the one takeaway or the one data point that, you know, I'd have you leave is We talked about in the spring, that receiving core for Alabama and M, uh, between Brian Jenkins, uh, Abraham and Alaire. Uh, between the two, they had 350, 400 yards of receiving. So you wonder how this team is going to do against a defensive juggernaut. You saw the revamped Jackson State defense flying all over the place, as CB alluded to. How will they fare against them? How would they fare if they, you know, he ended up paying a, a FAMU? We know that the, the offense is clicking now. They don't see after the first quarter. I don't think they lost a step. Uh, and, oh, by the way, they had a 100-yard rusher in the name of Gary Quirles, uh, 22 carries for 129 yards. So they came in as advertised in South Carolina State. Uh, Corey Fields, I mean, he, you know, he was the leading rusher and the leading passer. So both teams played well. It's just that Alabama a and has a lot of offensive power, uh, firepower. So they're going to be tough. A lot of folks picked them to not only come out of the East, but to come out of the swag. And uh, this is one data point. They look—that's a really good data point. They look good.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we would say so early. I love that. One. A really good data point. We gotta add that to the lexicon. With that being said, I'm gonna go to Lady Drew. One thing that's interesting—you know, a lot of people are picking on Alabama's defense, but if you really go in and look at that game, uh, 21 points scored by South Carolina State. Give them credit—they scored the touchdowns but they were short fields on turnovers. Um, You talk about Brian Jenkins, his first time touching the ball was on a punt uh, where he fumbled the ball on the punch, setting him up for a short um, score by South Carolina state, where when they picked up the ball, they were already in the red zone. Similar to what you've seen with um, Prairie View and Texas Southern Prairie View's defense, which I hadn't seen happen uh, back since you're talking about the Paper, purple haze defense, when let me bring up this name to you all, y'all. You might remember this Heist Northern when he was the defensive coordinator of that top five FCS defense that could stop teams if, uh, on a quick turnover like that. I hadn't seen that from Prayer View since then, so it's fascinating. Um, not to rehash that, but really, what I wanted you to talk about, AD Drew, um, um is what are your thoughts on that fam you? Jackson state matchup as you've seen it yesterday. I just want to get this one point on this Alabama, on the Alabama and
4: sure. game greatest game. No one saw because <laughs> it was not easy to find <laughs> that game. And it arguably was the best game of the weekend. I won't say the best, but it had the most action of the weekend with 80 points scored in that, in that particular game. So, you know, I, I just hope – he
2: had a little bit of everything, too. You're
4: right. Yeah, it, it, it had a little bit of everything. Last point on this, how many teams are, is Alabama a going to be able to just outscore? Right. They've got to be able to tighten up their defense. Now
2: – Yeah, but I, I, after, I, I, after I want to push back on that a little bit because, okay. as I said, that's why I was interested to get your take on it since you're going there is – Twenty-one points off turnovers. I mean, but, but 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 the but the opportunities. So that means you had in terms of length of field. Because I also like to see what teams can go to length of the full field. I love what Charles Bishop said when you in there. When you really go in and start watching the games, there's things that you start to really look at when you look at the nuance. You know, how do you see one team's offensive line who's controlling it? And when you talk about that Jackson State Fam U game. You know, a lot of people going to say, hey, I'm not scared of either one of these offenses. Obviously, with famu there may be some questions at the quarterback position. Once they found a little rhythm, you saw that go down. But I also would say, talking about Mike, a data point, how much of that was the defensive schematic, obviously, by the players that Jackson State was able to do that didn't allow them to get in the rhythm? Can everybody copy that? Every team in this league is not going to be able to copy exactly what Jackson State did without having, leaving some gaps open. So yeah. every game has this nuance. And, and I love that we talk about these data points because I'm interesting because I think we get this in some of these, sometimes we get in these trite framework, Alabama AM's defense, Alabama a and defense. <laughs> Certainly it's not one of the top and not going to be a top defense, but can you argue yesterday how much of that was credit to South Carolina State really being a stronger offense than we Usually, t- traditionally, see them as yep. versus yeah. how much of that was the fact that Alabama AM's defense is very poor. I think we'll be able to just see that over some data points and maybe get that. And maybe you're right. Uh, maybe it would be different. It'll be fascinating to see. Uh-huh. But that, as we start to get in this court, uh, second half, I know we got to go. I did want you to finish up and really give some insight on that uh, FAMU Jackson State game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I only saw the –
4: I only had a chance to watch the first half of the game on my iPad before I had to go prepare for the uh, radio broadcast for the uh, Tuskegee-Fort Valley State game.
2: I will say this for you. It stuck the script. So if you saw the first half, you saw basically the first half. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and I haven't haven't had time to go back and uh,
4: watch the uh, rest rest of the game. But, fam, you could 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 not figure it out on offense what the heck Jackson State was doing to them from a defensive standpoint. They right. uh, for one of the like they had some exotic blitzes and different things that uh that they ran at the fan quarterbacks and were able to confuse the heck out of them. Now I, mean, the stuff, I, mean, I was gonna say the starter Rashawn McKay was thinking and dunking. Yeah. like whose simple said he has the arm strength. And, I, and I'm having a moment because I got too many names in my head. He Help me out with the, back, with the uh, second quarterback, Charles, who came in from family. Maritovic.
0: Uh, yeah.
4: had the arm talent and was able to do a few things, but still could not get that final punch that, that he needed because of that Jackson State uh, defense. Now, we want, we want to find out how good a Quill Glass would be at the next level. That's what that homecoming matchup is going to be, yeah. Because he will be playing yeah. a defense that will be running NFL concepts. If he has success against that type of defense, he may be a day two draft pick. Agree. Hey,
0: let me say this, uh, AD, um, and this is just being embedded uh, in Jackson State practice. Uh, that defense was well, very well prepared, Dennis. Uh, Thurman called a tremendous game against uh, Florida AM. There was no personnel, no set that was not seen. Uh, when I say they were scouted very well, uh, I think that contributed tremendously uh, to Jackson State uh, really uh, clamping down on Florida AM's offense. Uh, when I started to kind of taking a look at this game, They were able to really do some things that they just could not do in the spring. You mentioned you can't get that insight
2: anywhere else except for Charles, as he is getting to really get an inside look at the Jack State program. So check out the three game show because you continue to get insight like that throughout the week. Let me let Mike jump back in here as he, I know he wanted to get a bit. Then, uh, Drew, you can quickly say something, then we're going to end up going to break. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Yeah, CB, I know, I, I know you were there. And like Ad, I only got a chance to see maybe most of the first half because I was in airports. Um, it at and, and three yards per pass for FAMU, three yards per pass the whole game. That's what they averaged. Was and 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 I think it was like three yards per rush. Was there a commitment took stop? Obviously both, um, because it looked like JSU just won the battle in the trenches from my perspective. Um,
0: the- yeah, uh from talking to the defensive line coach Jeff Weeks. They expect the Florida AM uh to try to get that running game going. So first and foremost, there was a commitment to stop the run. Yeah, it's kind of cliche, but you want to make teams one dimensional. And from that, once they sort of made them uh one dimensional, they were able to do quite a few things. They were able to show blitz. they were able to come, they were able to not they were able to really cat and mouse once they had Stop the run. And I think those were some of the things uh, that uh, I, I started to notice with regards to the game that, you know, they were, Florida AM was not able to get that running game off the ground. And it was a full out commitment to stop the Florida A&M rushing Wow, now, now, what this,
2: what this reminds me of the family U State game where both teams came in with a lot of offense that was in the Circuit City Classic. And the defense really controlled the tempo of the game. And you had maybe one big play. Uh, that allowed Grambling to win the game like 12-9 to nine or something, you know, really low-scoring game. Um, one of the things I've seen in this matchup, as you talked about, is Willie Simmons and fam. family really likes to get the ball out in the flat, tends to get it out quickly, and they picked up on that. And they decided, like you said, let's commit to this run. They will try to open it up. They flashed in the middle and really stacked up everything. <clears throat> and you could tell that the Florida AM and um, – offensive line was not really ready to see them come in that attack mode so they were always trying to figure out who is the blitzer and they just would miss folks I mean it was young people trying to learn the game on the fly and I don't think we understand that these young men are not professionals not only in terms of their skill set but their their time availability to practice things over and over they don't have that type of time so when something is changed on the fly it becomes much more of a challenge and so they were prepared to try to go maybe a little deeper and then when they got it behind the chains yeah and you need to have a you know five six seven step drop to allow a receiver to run a route to get to the chains. by definition if i can get to the quarterback faster than i can allow them to run the rope, game is basically over and that's what they did We'll take our chances. Every once in a while, family would make a play. But in terms of traveling to lift the field, that is a challenge to get done. And that's what I saw in that matchup. I know, AD Drew, you wanted to get something in. Please quickly get it in so we take this one. Uh, my, my, my quick uh, thought is going to be Jackson State had four
4: months to prepare for Famu, Especially now, school is in when you have the 20-hour, 20, uh, 20 hours of contact that coaches have per week according to NCAA rules. How quickly can Jackson State turn those concepts over to prepare for a different opponents week to week to week? That's, that's what's going to be the test of how good this Jackson State team can be.
2: One I also want to be interesting to see about that offense because that offense has yes. been approved. We saw yeah. some highlights. If, uh, if they get into an in home. regards to, especially in the second half of the game, I thought part of it was because FAMU defense was just getting tired. Um, let's give credit to the defense of what FAMU did. As much as we may have had some concerns with the offense of FAMU, their defense stood the test, too, and went toe-to-toe with uh, Jackson State defense in terms of keeping them in that game. Uh, but it'll be fascinating. Both of these offenses will get better. I mean, you've got solid uh, players yeah. on that side of the ball. you got talent. They just played up against the juggernaut for week one. So it'll be fascinating in a lot of ways uh, to see what both these offenses will do the rest of the year. Uh, but, again, this is chess. This is a chess match. Matchups yep. mean everything. Offensive plays, and I love what you're talking about, A.D. Drew. Uh, you know, how does that look week to week as you try to look at a team, find out a schematic? Sometimes you're going to find some jewels, and sometimes uh, young yeah. men you will follow fall on your face, and it'll be interesting to see because I think the last thing I'll talk about is this, is the swag is relatively deep with talented teams on at least one side of the ball, which will give some teams fit. So let's go into this break. Dr. Bill's inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew. I hope the lab listeners are really enjoying a lot of the comments that are going in here. I see that you're flushing it out as we give you some breakdowns on what we see. Uh, Type in your comments as we get going and see um, do you agree with some of the things we're saying, do you have some other points. Uh, We'll be right back after this quick break. Did you want to say something real quick, Charles?
0: Yeah, one quick telling stat to tell you how much of a defensive struggle it was. Jackson State only 3 or 14 on third downs. Florida a only 5 of 17 on third downs. Jackson State only averaged 2.3 yards per rush. Florida a and only 3.5 yards per rush. So it was just a defensive dogfight, if you will, just a good old-fashioned defensive dogfight. No doubt
2: about it. Great great analogy. And I saw some of the stuff that where you were going back in a lot of your comments, your interview uh, with the legendary quarterback at Jackson State University with FAMU, uh, went up there in that 1978 uh, semifinals, uh, which many people thought was the de facto championship game of the first one double A championship. Now, the FCS is what they call it. And you're right, it took you back to some of those ironclad defensive units from both of these teams. Fascinating in so many ways. Let's get out of here, Dr. Bills, inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Let's take this quick break. We'll be right back on the other side, the second half of the show.
3: Your ad could be ran here.
2: MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information.
4: Um, can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. You got it. Hey,
2: what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar.
0: Sure.
4: One dollar.
3: You. you Got
4: it.
2: This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Charles Bishop had to get on assignment. He's checkout time. You remember old Tupac had that one. He it hoped, you got to go. You might not have to go home, but you got to get out of here. Yeah, they got to get prepared to catch that flight and get back to the real life as he was out there with his foots in the sand. Yeah, he was doing a little work. But if you know anything about Charles Bishop, he you knows how to have some fun, too especially after they find a way to get a victory. Yeah, you know he's doing his thing. With that being said, let me jump back in here. I want to get into this uh, night capper, if you would, which was the uh, Fort, Fort Valley State Wildcats and Tuskegee, Golden Tigers. Um, Fort Valley Wildcats finally got the victory over Tuskegee because they owned them last, but you're talking about doing it in their style. Man, they really took uh, the task to – so I'm gonna stick with you, AD Drew, because I know you wanted to talk in multiple fast. <laughs> Yesterday we had the uh, tit for tat a little bit with BJ Jones talking about <laughs> Coach Slater talking to himself about the AD getting on the phone, and I think you said there may be the uh, inter ego somebody else you may need to alter ego. I should <laughs> say somebody else you need to talk to. What you got? Yeah, I, th- I think that there there
4: there's gonna be a roundtable discussion. <laughs> It may be today on a holiday. We got to be today to figure this out. Between (laughs) Willie Slater, the quarterback coach, Willie Slater, the offensive coordinator, Willie Slater, (laughs) the head coach, and Willie Slater, the athletic director, are going to have a roundtable today. And each one of them is going to say, hey, uh, you got to help me out here because we – you make it you're not making me look good. And this is the this is the conversation that the alumni that I was talking to as I was leaving the stadium was saying. So the the, the alumni recognized that, that it's right, Coach Kevin Powell's defense played tremendous despite that score. That defense was given short fields so many times. It just finally—the the day i finally broke. That—that <laughs> that, that's that's the best thing that I could say because I—I I guarantee double four or five times in that game where Fort Valley picked up the ball on the plus side of the field. Uh, there, now both teams uh, turned the ball over. Fort, but speaking of defense, Fort Valley's defense is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Well. Way too early data point. Is Fort Valley's defense nope. that good, or was Tuskegee's offense that bad? We'll put it like this: because Tuskegee, until the last drive of the game, had negative rushing yards. They they wound up the game with. That's not for the fourth quarter. That's how many total rushing yards they had for the game. <laughs> Four. Rushing yards for the entire game on, wow. on uh, approximately twenty rushes, and Fort Valley defense—they stopped Truskey so close to the goal line. If the center sneezes, the ball is in the end zone. That's how close uh, Fort Valley defense came with that goal line stand. Man,
2: great four. He said it's not fourth quarter. That's four yards, <laughs> Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of Fort Valley?
1: Just it. I love it. Great one. Man, uh, you say that this may or may not be a data point. I did watch th- at least the last half of this game last night. For, remember, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about your poll. You had Fort Valley at number six. And what did Mike say?
2: Mike said Fort Valley
1: no, was not in the poll. No,
2: I didn't have Fort Valley. That's
1: tough,
4: all.
2: Was number six. Nah, they have Fort
1: Valley in the poll. They, they, they. I thought they were number in the six. Is, in your point, Mike. <laughs> I thought this was they were number six. I'll go. No. Back. But I said, remember, Fort Valley has beaten Miles three of the last five. Your- you did say that. I did say that. I said you they said they should be in the poll. <laughs> yes. Uh, but this defense was flying around. I think it's a combination of both. To your point, Ad, that Tuskegee they couldn't get out their own way. <laughs> they were flying – I think they're two, and I, the names escape me. Two – they had a linebacker and a safety between them. They had about eight sacks. I mean, seriously. So they were flying around the ball. Tuskegee could do nothing. They scored 21 points in the third quarter, and then they kind of – it seemed like they kind of let up a little bit, but um, they Tuskegee was helping, their, help, helping them out. Um, with the. You mentioned the short t- uh, turnovers in the wrong field. But, Fort
4: Valley, give them credit. That defense looks every bit of the part. And and speaking of that defense, I saw a play in that game that I probably have not seen since, like, Little little League football when you got, like, an 11- to 12-year-old team and one team is full of 11-year-olds, the other (laughs) team is full of 12-year-olds, but they got to play in the same league. I saw a strip six for a – for a touchdown, a 60-yard touchdown. Not a fumble six, not a pick six, (laughs) reach in, snatch the ball from the running back, and run the other direction. A strip (laughs) six for a touchdown, 60-some-odd yards. You do not see that
2: too often in college, in in football, period. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, Karen Griffin says the TU Nation is in shock. Yeah, that's, that gets back to uh, the need for the roundtable for uh, all things Slater. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. With that being said. And I love Coach Slater.
4: Black... I love Coach Slater. Coach Slater is the epitome
2: of what uh, of Tuskegee and yeah, yeah. Tuskegee This is world. not to uh, but jump on him in that way, but you're right. No. Uh, this is not going in the right direction. But if anybody can change it, it's going to be Coach Slater. He needs to get that done. Let's take this quick last break. Dr. inside Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watch Charles Bishop. We're gonna get back in and talk about the uh, Tennessee State Grambling Tigers game, the last Sunday game. Then we'll have some wild cards in terms of games from Saturday that we haven't talked about. That we'll see if anybody wants to get in there and really uh, break down. With that being said, stick with us. We'll be right back. Our last break as we get into fourth quarter. This is Dr. Ville inside Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watch Charles Bishop, guesting coming in here providing some thoughts as AD Drew.
4: Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks.
1: Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines.
2: Visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew.
3: This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news. And conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Hear the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Your ad could be ran here.
2: MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Uh, one of the last Sunday games we'll talk about is one that uh, really focused on championship pedigree. The blue bloods, the black bloods, red, black, and green bloods, if you would of HBCU football, Ramblin State, Tennessee State, the Tigers were in a cat fight, defensive cat fight, um, similar to what we talked about with uh, Rattlers and Jackson State. This one, I don't know how much was just the defense or a little ineptitude on the offense. Uh, Tennessee State ended up playing three quarterbacks. Jeremy Hickbottom um, got in there and had some actions. Uh, eight for 10, 65 yards, 6.5 carries. Tucker Pope. Did a little better, one of two, 31 yards, uh, 15.5. And then they had Devion Bryant. There was four of 12, 22, 1.8. So they were combined 13 to 2,418 yards, 4.9. Grambling had Elijah Walker. They played the whole game. He was just 411, 43 yards. Um, rushing game, but it wasn't like they just had a lot of rushing yards, and it was done by combined effort. Tennessee State rushed for 112 yards while Grambling rushed for 141 yards. Uh, So nothing offensively to stick your hat on, but defensively, it was an intriguing matchup, came down, Grambling did what they had to do, They were able to run out the clock and make some great defensive plays, especially late in that game, as it looked like Tennessee State maybe was trying to drive to see if they could make a last stance and rip the victory out of the hands of Grambling State Tigers, but Big one, uh, as we talked about some questions uh, from the coaching staff over there. Big win from Grambling, any way you look at it. Mike, what are your thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, big win. You mentioned the the, the rushing attack, Tennessee out Grambling Grambling, uh, 230 to 184. But the problem is you can't win when you commit 18 penalties for 150 yards. Uh, <laughs> that <laughs> that that can come back and bite you. I mean, you know, and then you talk about the quarterbacks. I understand quarterback by quarterback by committee, but this is a whole conference of quarterbacks. They, got <laughs> Jeremy Hickbottom and Bryant. Oh my gosh! So you you wonder what going forward <laughs> from a consistency that who's going to get the nod? Is it going to be Hickbottom or is it not? So uh, you know, so that, you know, but that one data point of the 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 hundred and fifty yards and penalties that's a that's a that's a key stat. They also went three for thirteen, not as efficient as Grambling, which was six for thirteen, almost fifty percent. So not as efficient with the offense. So both teams were almost equal in time of possession, but you know you you just kind of wonder. It's it's a good win for Grambling. Um, Their defense played solid when it had to. So
2: uh, kudos to Grambling on this win. Yeah, great point. Is I shift and take it to AD. uh, Grambling ruined the debut. Uh, coaching of Eddie George, and sometimes when you see his face on the sideline, he's like, man, what did I get myself into? Because uh, he, offensively, he was quite frustrated. What are your thoughts on this game here? Uh, let's look at some positives for
4: Tennessee State in this game. Okay. Then one time possession. Great, great rushing attack. Trying to find a third fellow. <laughs> I know um, I was wondering what's wondering gonna be next because <laughs> I, mean, I, I said that's fine. some. I didn't say eight, hey, some is more than one. So oh we, find, <laughs> we found some, but yes, you, you are right. Uh Tennessee State is gonna have to we at least gotta get down to two. You can have one play. 80 to 90% of the snaps and bring in a, another quarterback for a change of pace. That's fine. But yes. you, you you was literally changing the tires out on the field on this <laughs> past uh, on yesterday. And I'm just going off diff- different media reports. I have not had a chance to really lay my eyes on this game and, and, and break this game down, but Grambling. Broken six-game losing streak. Very important for for the, for the Graham fam. Did, y'all, did you hear that? Yeah. Yes, that's our release from the Graham <laughs> Tigers nation. So, uh, you know, may, we talk about data point, maybe the spring was an outlier for Graham. Yeah. Maybe they're getting <laughs> what they need to do. And we traditionally, under Fox, Graham has been a second half team in, in, as far as the SWAC. We've seen Grambling with one win and then at the end of October 1st of November, they're in contention for the SWAC title. One, 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 last, one last thing, I believe that is also a six-game losing streak on neutral sites. i got to find the number uh, again. uh, but I believe they broke a six-game neutral site losing
2: and we know what the most famous neutral site for them is. Yeah, you have the Celebration Bowl loss, but the other one uh, that people quietly don't realize is the number of games lost seats lost in the state fair class, okay. uh, which is uh, uh, a-, a number a- of those. A- is probably about three of those yeah. of those six uh, in the state fair class. I I-,
1: what- I have one more point with that one, maybe maybe a data point for first iteration. I don't know if it was just this game, but Grambling only attempted eleven passes, but forty-five runs. Was the focus to run for this game or where, you know, are there concerns with the passing game? I don't know. But that's a data point for future consideration is that their offense was one-sided seemingly. Maybe this was for Tennessee. They looked at the film and said, Hey, we can rush these guys. They do have a committee of rushers. Their three receivers each had one reception. So four for 11, 11 attempts, but 45 carries. So they typically, they, Obviously, we're going to do this on the ground. But, you know, you wonder, you know, will will you see more of that passing game coming from Grambling in future games?
4: Can, can, Can I chime back on that quickly? Yes. Maybe Grambling figures something out that a lot of these other coaches should have figured out. Right. Coming off of this layoff, coming off of everything else, your offenses are not going to be clicking at the rate that we are used to seeing we are used to fans want to see october november football it's the first weekend in september maybe boy coaches should have taken let's hand the ball <laughs> off to, to the running back let's go back to a traditional set because we see our teams have success running the ball and as soon as you pop off three four consecutive runs in a row they go back to dinking and dunking and trying to throw the ball right. and it's off yeah so, For realizing it and actually staying with
2: the script, yeah. Let me get these. I just wonder, AD, uh, for Grambling to be better second half team. I am watching now. It's going. It needs to get a whole lot better. (laughs) Bill Russell said, "Well, I take, I I take, take a uh, Tennessee State team I saw yesterday. Then the one by Rod Reed, Tennessee State team I saw in 2019." Eddie George will have the Tigers winning soon. It'll be interesting to see just how soon that is. I'm not
3: sure.
2: Richard Burton just win, baby. I like that one. That's true. At the end of the day, that win-loss column is extremely important. He <laughs> said, Mike is like, nah, not so bad. With yeah. that, before we go to a close, I did want to get in there and send some love. There was a team that just cannot get the love. That did exactly what they were supposed to. And that's one of the reasons probably why we're not talking about it. And uh, Mike, your uncle slash dad will be excited about us doing the proper due diligence <laughs> we should. Arkansas Absolutely. time, up, they used to call it Arkansas A. M. and N. Uh, they beat up on Lane Dragons, thirty-four to sixteen. Workman-like process, uh, they got it done in many ways. Lane, to their credit, was able to put up two hundred ninety yards. Uh, Tarek McKenzie showed well. To be interested, to see if they can translate that into S I C. He did have 247 yards, 8.2, uh, 17 to 30 in terms of his uh, pass catch and attempts. Two touchdowns, did have one interception. Skylar Perry continues to do what he needs to do. 18 to 31, 189 yards, 6.1. Had a touchdown uh, in terms of rushing, though. Iron Bluff, 275 yards and two touchdowns. They did what A. B. Drew just talked about. They said, "That's fine. Our offense will come along. We're we'll moving slowly, but you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna run the ball." And they ran it down lanes throats uh, to their credit. Fascinating when you talk about that matchup. Anything quickly that y'all wanted to say? Uh, we'll stick with you, Mike. Um, in terms of this matchup, yeah,
1: big, big, big Earl. Uh, I don't know if you know Ag, but he played ball at uh, UAPB with LC LC Greenwood or whatever, and he he. Really- mm-hmm. He lets me know that every time. So uh, I still think that their offense is more, uh, it was a workmanlike game of the appropriate description. But even though they had the number of rushing attempts, 44, they still had 33 passing attempts. So their offense was more balanced. Furview's offense more balanced. Gramley, not so balanced. So when you play Furview and UAPB, you can't just do the run. You're gonna to have to shift. You're gonna to have to balance your offense a little bit. That's my point. I, I don't don't give me that first game jitters. These teams had team, time to prepare. Yes, you're going to come out the blocks a little stumbly. There's going to be some kinks even in the passing game. But your offense has to be more balanced. So,
2: fascinating. Any thoughts from you, Ad Drew? I a couple talk. of ball school shout
4: outs. I want to get uh get out here. SIAC action versus CIAA. Clark. Defeated.
2: Yes,
4: yes. I'm glad you brought up the team. So, uh, it's just always interesting when you see these cross divisional, cross divisional games. uh, SIAC, CIAA, BAC, SWAC, just for conference bragging rights. Good, good job, to Clark. Also, another small school. Shout out to Bluefield State. Yep, first time playing in 41 years. They only lost by a score of 21 to 14. Now, I don't know anything about their opponent. Haven't had a chance, haven't found any film on the game. Uh, they lost to uh, Lawrence Tech 21-14. But the fact that you're able to put together a first-year team and see what they We saw before the memorial looked like last year, uh putting together putting together a brand new team. So Kudos to Bluefield State for going out and not winning, but at least competing in their first game in 41 years. Well said. Well said. We'll leave it right there. What do you have, Mike? Oh, yeah,
1: since we're giving our shout-outs, shout-out to Delaware State. They beat Bowie uh, convincingly. Hey, most of us had picked Bowie State to come out. Hey, they're going to reload at Bowie State. Delaware State played a tremendous game from quarter to quarter, so shout-out to Delaware
4: State. And Hampton found a way to pull away from Union because
2: Union was
4: giving them
2: fits. Yes, yes. Great ones when you talk about some of those matchups. I'm going to give one last shout out myself. Langston uh, getting it done in a conference game over Oklahoma Panhandle State. Langston just finds a way to continue to win. Ten to seven. Kudos to Langston uh, just being a consistent mid-major program that finds a way to get it done. They're out there towards the West, and so they don't always get all the love they should, especially being in the NIA. we're going to make sure that we give them the appropriate love they get because they're playing some uh, tremendous football consistently over the years. With that, that'll do it for us today. Hope you enjoyed our Monday special edition on this Labor Day weekend to give you some insight of what took place over the weekend, particularly those Sunday matchups. This is the crew, Dr. Bill's inside the HBC Sports Lab. So thank you for listening. To inside the HBCU Sports Lab, make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am doctor Kenyatta Kaville, the Dean of HBC Sports from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike and Charles Bishop, with our guests as we just brought in some framework. Special guest is A.D. Drew. He brings it like none other. We hope you enjoyed the interview uh, as, as we just get it done in so many different ways. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Lewis inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike and Charles Bishop. You know, get to us every Tuesday and Thursday. So we'll be right back here tomorrow at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time as well as Thursday, then back to our regular lineup on Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the lab. Look out for the polls that will be coming out. Look out for the polls. Debut tomorrow's Thursday show. And I'm going to see in another update on the poll on Thursday. Then we have the poll coming out from HBCU Pro Sports. AD, when is that poll coming out? Uh. Hopefully
4: uh, it'll, it'll be out this evening. Uh, it, it's You know, everybody's got a short uh, shorter voting window because of uh, the Sunday game. So hopefully everybody gets their votes in in
2: time so that we can release the poll either this evening or early tomorrow. No problem. Great point. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. That's Dr. Kenyatta Kavil. Inside HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook, and YouTube, that's Inside the Sports Lab. Make sure you check out our lineup on MyBCSN, JBN, uh, so you can get all of it. You can also catch us in uh, podcast form. Uh, that's Dr. Bill Inside, Carlos Brown, Knights of the Round Table, Brian A.D. of Sports Wrap, and G., uh, B.J. Jones, so many different shows that you can catch up with weekly. Uh, check this out in terms of what you uh, can find up, up and down the lineup. Just go to my JBN. My BCSN, and you'll find out a couple more out there that are coming soon. And that they added, and I might have jumped over one or two, but want to make sure that you find out. That's what we got for you. Remember, ONG as well. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. AD? Course. Mike? Lecture. Dismissed. Finally got it right. Look at it.
1: <laughs>